what's going on everybody welcome to episode 95 of beards of tech uh again we're still kind of in the slow part of of the tech news cycle but um either way me and Irvin are here to to try to bring you some kind of a lovely conversation to talk about the news but um speak of the devil Irvin, how's your weekend been going i haven't really actually spoken to you all that much this weekend except for yesterday <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> except for yesterday uh, quite quite a bit uh, of back and forth going on while doing some troubleshooting i'm sure you can talk about that but yeah my yeah. my weekend was good um lots of uh mm-hmm. enjoying the weather uh that we've been having uh enjoying the nice nice outside and also uh not so much enjoying doing troubleshooting i think both of us went through some computer yeah. issues recently that kept us uh, either up or uh, on our computers and trying to find weird YouTube tutorials online yes. to try to help our problems. <laughs> but um, in the end, I think we both uh, made out uh, pretty well. I think yesterday when you were texting me, I was in the middle <laughs> of the woods. But I, you sounded so like you kept texting me as yeah. I like I couldn't just ignore it. I, I, and I, just I also needed wanted some, to help you. <laughs> I needed like a, a push in the right direction. Okay, so just to take it all the way back. <laughs> Um, I decided over the weekend that I was going to upgrade my game drive on my hard drive. So I have my normal hard drive for the Windows operating system, and I have my normal hard drive for the games. And that's where I install that to. And it's usually just a big hard drive just where I can just dump a bunch of data to and just let it sit there and not have to worry about managing it or uninstalling things when I start to run out of memory. So long story short, I bought a new drive. And I cloned it using uh, some standard software that's available. That is just some third-party software. And then um, all of this was at Irvin's instruction. <laughs> and I was going through and um, trying to clean out the drives and move them. And I, I literally just hot-swapped them. I turned the computer off, plugged the new drive in, took an old drive out, called it a day. And my computer wouldn't boot when I plugged it in. So from there, I started being like, okay, what's happening? Plug the old drive back in. It booted. So I was like, that's weird. Maybe somehow some boot files got mixed into the, the secondary drive or something like that. And and then I was like, oh, maybe if I just delete these partitions, maybe it's maybe that's what's holding me back. So I deleted the partitions only to have discovered that I deleted the only parts of the computer that were allowing it to boot in the be- in the beginning. So now I had a computer that wouldn't boot, which was wonderful. <laughs> um, so then six hours later, after uh, texting Irvin just for uh, like different like tests and different tips, just because you had done a bunch of stuff with hardware before. Um, and I appreciate your help just sending some articles my way. Um, but what ended up getting it working for me was um, I had I had acci- actually deleted some critical boot files, and as a result, um, I had to go in with a recovery USB, which somehow is very hard to make on Mac OS, which was my only other computer that I had in the house. Um, so yeah, long story short, I got it up and running, but it, it took watching a YouTube video of some like barely intelligible men with unregistered hypercam too, using a microphone from like 1995. But usually those people on YouTube are the most knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. So 
It yeah, was, they really know what they're talking about. It, yeah. You can't judge a book by its cover. you got to really watch those and, and, and actually learn something. Can't judge um, a video by its unregistered hypercam. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, that was, uh, I'm sure, a lot of fun for you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, this desktop is also the one that I work from five days a week. So that was nice to potentially risk not having that whatsoever for my yeah. day. That was a fun was, little yeah. thing. And at some point, you can't even boot anything. Like, there's, mm. you can do USB drives. Your computer would just wouldn't recognize anything to boot off of. So it's like you can't even have the option because my one suggestion was going to be reinstall the operating system, like yeah. the entire operating system. Mm -hmm. And But you couldn't even get, at some point, the, the Windows USB thing to yeah. install at, or <laughs> be recognized. So you can't even start reinstalling their operating system because you don't even have that option yeah so, like stuck at some point but you've eventually figured out i think that was USB remember setup. like towards the end of that i was telling you like oh should i have formatted my usb as this instead of this whenever i was trying it on boot camp i was formatting it as xfat and not uh and yeah, not xfat fat32 yeah no no stay around with uh yeah. even though it's microsoft's owns invention which kind of makes I also found makes, out that, makes sense uh, that it doesn't work well. Yeah, at first it didn't read either because I found out that um, Windows boot recovery doesn't allow uh, certain commands to go through on USB 3 ports. So I had to like find a USB 2 port on the back of my motherboard and, and do that. Because one of the one of like the troubleshooting guides for because I kept getting an access denied when I tried to run that command in the command prompt. And then it was like, yeah, all you got to do is just uh, plug it into a USB 2 port and then it has the permissions. And then I was just like, okay, that's weird, but sure, <laughs> sure. And and I did it and it worked. So whatever. Um, maybe I'll, well, either way, like I said, now I'm an expert on Windows boot management. And so if you partitions. have any issues booting your Windows desktop, <laughs> Matt is your guy to call. He, yes. you know, he's the guru from yeah. now on. And um, it's a really good thing I waited for the weekend because I was going to do this on my lunch break on Friday because I was like, oh, it's going to be quick. I'll just swap the drive out and it's ready. And I was like, no, I'll wait for the weekend just in case something happens. And lo and behold, that was my entire Saturday. So <laughs> it was a good time. So not uh, not nearly as, as pleasant and calming as your weekend was spent wandering through the no, forest. No, no. Well, I started my weekend being up late Friday night. Um, yeah. trying to fix my computer as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, if I haven't mentioned this before, I run a, a a desktop that's a Hackintosh. So what that means is is running Mac OS on not Apple hardware. Um, and the, doing that alone just gives it, you know, uh, brings its whole issues. Um, uh, but I ran into a problem where the new update got released uh, actually a while back. So I've been playing around with this for a while. Um, and every time doing updates on a Hackintosh is just crazy anyway. So you got to make sure everything's in place before you actually do it and make yeah. sure everything's supported. Nothing crazy has changed on the Apple end so that it doesn't break everything. So after I did all that, every time I installed this new update, it would just kernel panic immediately and i couldn't figure out what the issue was and friday night around 10 11 p.m i was browsing the hackintosh subreddit as one does 
for entertainment. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some late and reading. Some for a some Friday guy movie. posted an article, uh, uh, a post, uh, with the same type of issues, and I started reading the comments. It's like, ooh, and then that got me into the rabbit hole. It's like maybe I can actually fix this because I've been putting off to putting on this update, um, for a while because of this. I couldn't figure out. I tried everything. Yeah. Lo and behold, Real. turns Real. into 3 a.m. And I finally have a successful booting machine with the new update. <laughs> Real shit, though. The worst thing ever is when I'm going through, like, web forums looking for an issue. Like, literally yesterday, like, there was five or six forums that I was digging through where someone was like, hey, I'm having a really hard time getting this uh, command to run in the command prompt. And then the next reply says bump because they're trying to get more people to reply to it. And then the reply after that says NVM, I got it. And I'm just like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. What did you see? Please share, sir. Yeah. <laughs> just please. like, please, please tell me what you did. I'm currently in your situation. I hate that. I actually go out of my, like, I would actually, if I had the time, I would have gone out of my way to like create an account and downvote that <laughs> on that forum. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just scummy. Like, please share with the class what you did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, why yeah. would you? I was like, oh, yeah, I got to figure out. Thanks for the help, guys. This isn't like, a what would you do? Yeah. This isn't a competition. This is Windows. <laughs> We're all working together here. Yeah. I don't think Microsoft knows what it's doing with boot management. <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. They should have a tool built into Windows that just automatically fixes it. Like, yeah, they... it should just run those commands at startup. That's all they have to do. It's literally three commands. It's like, oh, it looks like... <laughs> They should do a clippy. It's like, hey, it looks like you don't have a boot manager. Would you like to install one? <laughs> yeah, and then it just runs those commands, and that's it. Oh my Bring god! Bring Clippy back. Yeah, who needs who needs the BIOS when you got Clippy? <laughs> Fix all your problems. That's it. Yeah, Clippy, rearrange my boot order for my drives. Clippy, my RAM isn't seated right. Um, but yeah, so there there isn't a whole lot really to to talk about this week. But we managed to find some interesting stuff. Um, despite having all this excitement over the weekend and potentially myself not having a computer with which to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, either way, um, like I said, we do have some stuff to talk about. Um, and I actually, I think I took this and posted it on my Facebook. I don't think I shared it on our Twitter account. But it's that FBI rule or the, the Senate ruling um, where the Senate votes to allow the FBI to access your browsing history without a warrant. Um, and this infuriates me. Like, this isn't a this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue. This is a bipartisan bill that got through. And um, shockingly enough, politicians are exempt from from this whole bill. So that oh, they, look at that. Yeah, who'd have thought? The, the people who you probably want to search their browser history the most are the ones exempt from the bill without a search warrant um but yeah so the ruling passed or the the vote to block um was disallowed by one vote one single vote and there's a number of like notable democrats and republicans who did not actually vote on this one of them which really is interesting is bernie sanders i'm just wondering where he was when this vote happened um but I'm not trying to turn this into a political episode. I'm just trying to report on the facts. But um, now might be a good time for everybody to switch over to Firefox. Because Firefox has a built-in feature that deletes your browsing history every time you close the browser. 
which is super nice. Um, yeah, and this is um, directly um, with the ISPs, right? So now the FBI and the CIA could potentially just query, hey, Verizon, what did uh, Irvin look at yesterday? Yeah. Because as it, uh, most people may or may not know, you are no matter how much hiding that you do locally on your computer, your, your ISP still knows everything that you do unless you go through something like a VPN, mm -hmm. right? And that will uh, sort of hide that traffic from your ISP. But if you're just blocking stuff inside your local machine, it's still being routed through your ISP servers and they know exactly uh, what you're looking at. And a lot of people are like still worried of like, oh, what well, Facebook knows what I'm looking at or, you know, these browser cookies locally on my computer track me on the internet. Yeah. The ISPs know way more than those tracking cookies because they see everything that goes through. Yeah, uh, unless that you've you're got browsing. Your, unless you've got your house sitting behind like a pie hole or a proxy or some kind of a VPN, um, it doesn't matter. They're going to know what you're looking at. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah unless your router is directly connected to VPN and it routes everything through it. Um, yeah, the, the, the ISP Couldn't, really knows everything. Would they be able to see what's on a Tor browser without a VPN? Or no, that that would be that, encrypted. Because yeah. that, that, that wraps itself in a VPN, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was just making sure just because I was trying to think of a way you could just get around it. But let's get a VPN. Private internet yeah. access. Uh, that's Nord, that's our, the, show, the, yeah. the show's favorite. Uh, not a sponsor. No, not yet. <laughs> I, would, uh, I, wouldn't, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> I would love to tout them. Yes, but we we as a as a show support that VPN, um, yeah. and and both of us use it um, uh, oh, extensively. Great. Yeah, they're really awesome. Um, so yeah, so this this is kind of uh, big. Um, yeah. Not mm -hmm. sure why now that this came it's, up. Cause, I guess because it's a they, global I guess they they have it's... nothing they have nothing else to worry about, right? This the is global pandemic, other, are... other pressing issues that they need yeah. to fix. It's going to be further down the news cycle, you know, stuff like that. Similar to how the Patriot Act happened. Yeah. People are distracted. Quick. Mm -hmm. Put Quick. in a new, um, <laughs> new uh, law that uh, reduces the privacy of our citizens. Mods are asleep. Reduce freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We yeah, laugh so, about this stuff, but it's pretty serious. That's all you it's can. It's kind of yeah. crazy. It's really bad, but um, but it's I, I still recommend the use of a VPN and um, just taking the steps to to protect yourself. But like, granted, like you you can go off of the excuse that the average American is probably not really gonna see any serious downside to this, um, and that's probably true. But the issue here is the reduction of freedoms overall and it i think this actually encroaches on an amendment even like this is like borderline unconstitutional um just because they it's like search i think it's the fourth amendment for um searching of property without a warrant um but they're gonna but they can use the argument that since your uh internet traffic is through a uh, non-government regulated third party and all of the browsers are owned by other companies it's technically their proprietary uh, stuff you don't actually own 
your own browsing history because it's through Google or it's through Mozilla or it's through Safari or whatever. And that's kind of the excuse that they're leaning on in order to access this browsing history, saying that if you are using other, unless you're building your own browser and using that, you technically don't have rights to your own data. So that's that's kind of dumb that it's that's what it's come to. But then again, this is what happens when you have old people who don't understand computers who make bills about computers. <laughs> Um, but also, a, there is some good news, though, um, and I didn't see this until later. Um, the Second Amendment did pass, which allows judges to rule on Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act requests to seek input from independent experts. Um, so basically, uh, the key to our proposal is substantially strengthen a program that allows judges to appoint outside legal scholars to independently analyze FBI surveillance requests that are particularly sensitive. So... It, there's a provision in there where these are auditable, which I didn't see at first. Um, and it's good that there is some kind of an understanding that there are experts out there, and it's kind of important to have that information. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still like the fact that we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel here for silver linings is kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that or not, but it's. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um, maybe it'll get appealed. Um, maybe it won't go through. Maybe it'll get overturned eventually. Who knows? Um, but this is just kind of one more thing that we kind of warned about would happen. I think we kind of saw a lot of this coming with the appointment of Agitpi. But I don't necessarily know if this is fully his jurisdiction or not. But either way, it, it that's what it is. But... um. I do want to kind of jump into this next one because I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I don't want to cut you off if you have any closing thoughts on this, Irvin. Um, yeah, no, not really. Just protect yourself when you're browsing the internet. Um, Wear protection. Use a VPN. All that stuff. Nord, Nord, again, NordVPN or private internet access. That's PIA. If you search PIA, you'll find the website. Um, and both of them are paid. And that's because you should never trust a free VPN. No, never, <laughs> never, um, never, never trust any free product. But yeah, yeah especially if it's, a if VPN. It's, if it's free, you are the product. That's the thing. Um, that's why, I, if you can afford it, I always opt for paying for a service versus just relying on some free tool, unless it's open source, which that means it's at least a little bit more accountable. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to. And they're relatively inexpensive. Yeah, I mean PIA. I think I think I pay like thirty bucks a year or something. Yeah, it's nothing. It's really cheap. And then uh, NordVPN, I think, is like four dollars a month or something. It's it's like right in the same area. But um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend a VPN if you're at any if you're concerned at all about about this. And then also, for the more tech savvy, maybe consider setting up a pie hole, which just kills ad tracking. Um, well, it's locally yeah, to your network, but that doesn't stop the ISP from seeing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just looking a, at, but it's just another yeah. step. Yeah. It prevents Facebook from knowing what you're doing, which kind of segues us into our next topic. Um, the next topic is that everybody's favorite. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've had a, a decent segue. 
Um, but yeah, Facebook recently uh, is reported to, I don't know if they actually acquired them yet or if it's just in the works, but um, they are in the works of acquiring Jiffy, the everybody's favorite GIF client. Uh, Jiffy is literally everywhere. It's built into um, iMessage, it's built into Twitter, it's built into Slack, it's built into Microsoft Teams. It's Outlook like, as well. It's There's the, an Outlook yeah. client. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. You can insert GIFs into your Outlook messages. For those hip emails. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to keep it uh, exciting when you're sending out um, your weekly uh, uh, your, your newsletters. Newsletters. <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder if that's what uh, um, I've, I actually, actually have seen. Like, I have a couple of newsletters that have GIFs. And I wonder if they use if there's if those GIF engines are powered by Giphy or Jiffy, however you want to say it. Yeah, I think a lot of those 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 types of um, GIF search uh, um, tools are, are all use the back end of Giphy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like an API or something. Um, but yeah, so basically, if and there's a couple concerns there just because when Facebook buys anything, usually that means they just turn it into a data farm and begin to just collect everything that you're doing about that app. Um, more specifically, uh, this raises a few concerns with some companies that integrate Jiffy that are much more privacy focused than Facebook, which is non-existent. Um, so, like, for example, I'm, I'm curious how this is going to work with iMessage because even if you don't have the, you know, like, you know, in iMessage, how you have those, um, those built-in apps across the, uh, the, the keyboard, um, even if you don't have the Jiffy app built in and you just use the images one, it still will sometimes uh, pull its gifts from Jiffy or GIFs mm -hmm. from Jiffy or yeah. GIFs from Giphy or whatever. Um, we Let's had, not we had get an, into that right now. We had an episode. We had an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, we right? did. Yeah, we actually did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's um, I'm, that's why I'm just going to alternate the whole episode just to to appease both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be a centrist people. about it. Yeah, I'm going to be an enlightened centrist about my pronunciation of Jiffy and Giphy. Um, but yeah, so just to start. Um, iMessage is very privacy focused and if Facebook is going to start collecting stuff from from Jiffy what exactly are they going to get uh, and I was looking into this too and um, there's no tracking pixels there's no cookies there's no any other embedded user tracking mechanisms in any of the GIFs themselves um, but the API can see your search terms uh, but that's it so it's not I'm going to guess not much is going to change, but there's always the chance that Facebook could modify that to to collect more down the line. Now that um, they own the API, they can affect everyone else who also uses that API, which we just mentioned is quite yeah. a bit um, yeah. of applications out there. And also, it sort of changes the dynamic of like, okay, now something changes within the API, they might like change what they charge for that API to these developers. Like what, and now you have to deal with Facebook. Like I think a lot of developers might be jumping ship to something else. I don't know. Um, 
the main thing that they're highlighting here, which also seems weird to me, is like Facebook uh, stated that this is to help with their. So this is Giphy's coming to mainly for Instagram integration. There's already a, a GIF, uh, Giphy Instagram integration. When you do a story, you can just search Giphy yeah. and find a GIF and put it in there. Like, why isn't that enough? Why does Facebook need to gobble up these companies and grow even bigger than they are? Yeah, um, it's just data. Why is why keep why not keep a, a separate entity? Don't mm -hmm. buy them. Just do the same integration you already done. You are giving your users the same experience, mm -hmm. and now you're just it's just absorbing it just for um, the sake of just buying that because you have the cash, like. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of crazy it's... that these big companies, which is a whole bigger conversation, is like full swallowing up all these smaller uh, players and growing even bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's um, kind of like but... when Microsoft bought LinkedIn and um, when Facebook, again, purchased uh, Oculus. Like, it's just a couple of purchases that, like, don't really align with their core suite of features and... And like they're just confusing other than the fact that it offers them opportunity to gather data or um, have more information with which to sell to advertisers or whatever. Um, but yeah, it it's kind of brings up a weird conversation of why the hell does Facebook need this stuff? And uh, I'm actually curious if, uh, if Signal is going to drop Signal support. Um, but and Giphy support. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Signal um, lets you search GIFs using their own wrapper around GIF. And because Signal, for anybody who isn't aware, um, bills itself as this end-to-end -end encrypted privacy-focused messaging app on Android. And I think they may have an iOS app. but Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's the, the whole point is if you want to have a secure conversation, you jump on Signal because it is end-to-end -end encrypted between Signal apps. Um, it's run by a very, very privacy-focused or organization or individual, or I think it's I think it's actually individually owned. Um, but uh, yeah, the app already implements GIF search in a privacy-preserving way, which I'm wondering if that means that Facebook is going to either try to get them to modify that or if they'll just drop Jiffy if it's just easier because Facebook isn't going to be able to get anything from how Signal uh, handles sending GIFs back and forth or GIFs. So I'm, I'm curious about that. There's also MailChimp too, but that's like not as important. Um, but I mean, Jiffy, it's just Jiffy's everywhere. <laughs> so it really is. And this seems like a bigger sort of acquisition than what it seems on the surface. It's like, oh, they're just trying to integrate Instagram and Facebook or um, Jiffy better. Mm -hmm. Do you think they just, like, pull up the App Store and just, like, spin a raffle wheel and then just buy whatever company <laughs> it lands on? <laughs> because it does seem, like, really scattershot at times when Facebook buys something. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, other than people's data, what else are they getting out of this? I guess that's it. Next thing you know, it's going to be like Facebook buys Imgur or something oh like that. <laughs> or like something like that. Or like Facebook buys like or attempts to buy the Apple remote app. But Apple says why? <laughs> Just because it's like, I don't understand what they're doing anymore. Mark Zuckerberg's got an agenda and, and it's his wild, it's his ride and we're just stuck on it. <laughs>
I have know? like I have like high key considered deleting my Facebook. I I really don't use it that we've, much. We've been down this road. I know. Before. We dedicated know. an entire episode. I know. I've been down it. I've been down that road before. Maybe I'll just disable it and call it. A, I don't know. Or I just won't log into it. Whatever. Um, no, just, you I don't f- seem to use it that often. I mean, anyway. I posted about the FBI thing to my feed, but yeah, I, I really don't talk much on it. There's people like setting up avatars now that they added like basically the. Um, it's kind of like the the Mies from Nintendo. Oh yeah, yeah I just saw are, someone post this one this morning. Yeah, I saw. Um, I had to do a double take because I saw two people post their avatars and it was the exact same avatar. So I was like very confused. <laughs> I was just like, I had to do a double take because I saw two different names with the exact same avatar. But um, yeah, it's dumb. It's not necessary. I don't get it. I don't see what Facebook's end goal is here. Hey, maybe that's... maybe Giphy was struggling financially. Maybe. So they were looking for an acquisition because honestly, I have no idea how they make money. Me neither. Right? Right? So you just pull up a GIF. Is it through API access? Right? People pay because all these companies are using their API. I'm assuming they have to pay to use that API. If you're a company like Microsoft or Slack, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. have to uh, pay them some some fees to access that at that level at, at that scale. Right. Maybe that wasn't enough. Maybe this is a, a push to perhaps integrate their ad service. So every 10 g- gifts, you get a, a Facebook ad. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine opening up that little banner and it's just like, God. you just hit, hit with a, a photo of like Zuckerberg's face being like, thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, man. How's, his, uh, how's Zuckerberg's cryptocurrency holding up? I haven't looked. Didn't he make one? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, like this, well, yeah, I think they did. Yeah, Facebook uh, crypto. I was gonna say what's it called, Zcoin, but Zcoin's an actual cryptocurrency Libra. that showed up. Yeah, it's Libra. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Zuckerbucks. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I don't understand why. I don't see a need for it. But Facebook is just buying everything, and and we're just along for the ride. <laughs> If only we could, if only he would listen to us. If only. But um, I do want to ask you a question because I, I know you recently acquired something that you've been very excited what about. What are you referring to, Matt? You've been, you've been very <laughs> excited about. Uh, I want to know, know what your thoughts are on it just because it's uh, very, very different from what you had before, obviously. Yeah, um, I bought not a computer. It's you not did. a computer, Matt. You're now one step to forgetting what a computer is. One step closer. I don't know what, what this computer concept you're talking about. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar, we're referring to Apple's sort of uh, push for the iPad to become more laptop-like and more computer-like, but also saying it's not a computer. But if they don't know is... what a computer is, how can they make the iPad a computer if yeah, they don't know what to, what to work towards? Either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah so you got the you got the new trackpad you not not just the trackpad it's the whole keyboard magic right. keyboard trackpad right. uh accessory for the ipad pro so i've had the 2018 ipad since the beginning since it came out um real excited about it too um because it's quite powerful um i think if you do a geekbench test it still uh matches the newest 2013 macbook pro performance 
That's uh, which is kind of it's kind of ridiculous within a a, a super thin uh, housing and no fans. Um, yeah. It's quite. The um, lack of fans is the crazy part. That's the thing that blows yeah. my mind. <laughs> it doesn't even heat up. Even push it. Um, oh, it heats up. Trust me. You <laughs> boot, play play RuneScape on that for a few hours. That'll heat up. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's been become a quite powerful machine, but you know, finger input isn't the best method for a lot of the things, a lot of productive productivity stuff that you want to do uh, on iPad. It, they, they, they've done a good job, but I think Apple's starting to realize that, well, initially they, they put out keyboard attachments that you can uh, get, which I owned uh, previously, that you can just attach to the um, uh, iPad and gives you the keyboard so you can type on it, but you'd still do it. the interaction via your finger. And with the recent update that they put out uh, for iPadOS uh, 13.4, um, they uh, added extensive support for trackpads and also mice uh, mm -hmm. within at the core operating system level. And alongside, they launched the, their accessory that combines uh, a Magic trackpad and a Magic, their newest generation of the Magic keyboard. And it, um, I was... Going back and forth a little bit, because this came out quite a bit ago, and I was waiting for people's reviews and like their opinions on, on what it works, and it finally made me pull the trigger, because I've been watching this guy on YouTube, I forget his name, but I'll, I'll put his channel in the show notes. Um, he's been, ever since the 2018 iPad Pro has been out, he's been documenting uh, on YouTube his... his um, process of transitioning over using an ipad pro as his main computer mm -hmm. oh his only computer not just main he doesn't have anything else um and he put out the review what really pushed me over is when he put out the review of the magic keyboard and the trackpad this new combo um and the way that he put it is it really transforms the way that you interact with the machine and what you can do um, and really, um, the support that Apple's built in for those trackpads on all the gestures and makes navigation around so much easier. And, and you can have the advantages of the experience of the iPad, but also now be more comfortable in a laid back sort of situation in a laptop format when you want to actually sit down and do some work. And he envisages, looks at it more as a dock rather than a keyboard case. Because it really makes that process of like just plopping it in this case and then start typing and do your mouse work. But when you want to walk away from it, you just take it out really easily. Uh, just grab it and plop it out um, and start using it just in a tablet format. Uh, but you can transition between those two types of works really seamlessly. So I've heard this and works almost more closely to a dock than to an actual case if you yeah. will um that, yeah. that's kind of the, the the actual like pretty much like if someone has like a dedicated space where they work on their ipad um anybody who sends emails or there's some music producers who use ipads there's some any kind of professional who needs a space um this would probably be better reserved to just sit in that space and just be for when they need to utilize that functionality not necessarily yeah and they a case they, to keep your ipad safe to take to the beach with or something 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, that's safe to say. Um, although it's, it acts as a good case and you can definitely carry your iPad around it. Um, mm. But it really makes more sense, I think, the dedicated sort of location. Um, Less of a case and more or, of a clamshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm showing you on the video now. So it's, yeah. it looks like the regular when you close it up. Um, hmm? the, the old type of, type of folio case um that was out previously mm -hmm. um uh, yeah it looks like the, you... the key the keyboard fully the one that i have yeah for the ipad and then i like the way that it opens up so it goes this this is as far as it goes mm -hmm. when it opens up and then you keep tilting it and it just sort of floats oh yeah yeah on top yeah that's nice <laughs> like this floating on uh, in the middle on um, that so in on the hinge there's like a ring is there a charger yeah. on that or yeah so there's a not a, well, actually it's on this side so yeah they added an extra usb-c port so that you can it's only for charging so you can plug a charger in here and then you still have access to the main port on the ipad itself that allows you to plug in other accessories usb-c accessories so that i think that was a smart move so that you can still charge and add extra functionality on top at the same yeah. time you don't need to have a separate uh, adapter big. so you can plug in a camera to import your pictures via usb-c or usb drive um and start accessing it while still charging the ipad because that um, was one of the big complaints with the ipad pro is that you if you wanted to charge it you weren't able to listen to headphones when you were using it like a laptop almost there was no like you had to get a dongle essentially like a big dock yeah. Yeah. to make that work better which not many people want as a not many people consider that a a legitimate solution so yeah and i also have a dongle this is one of one of those that i bought mm -hmm. a usb-c dongle that has hdmi out extra uh, full usb ports sd card reader and such hdmi and then it adds a headphone jack as well um mm -hmm. which i use from time to time um but you can still now you still have access to it while also charging it through that separate port yeah. Um, and it all the connection happens all through this little little three pins on the back um, That's nice. of the iPad. And um, you just plop it on there, turns on immediately, uh, becomes active, no pairing process whatsoever. Um, it's nice and backlit, uh, which is nice at night. Um, and the keyboard feels super nice. This new Magic Keyboard that they finally switched all their old the Macs from their mm -hmm. stupid butterfly keyboard <laughs> that was out. Um, we're end of the it's at the end of the butterfly era uh, yeah. of keyboards because every product has now been replaced with that. Um, They're going back. Apple That's kind of like this is more reminiscent of the older MacBook Mac keyboards. Yeah, which is yeah. which is great because I don't know why they ever changed that, um, but it's nice. Um, yeah. Also, I did have another question. You're you're a bit in a you're in a unique position uh, with this so, keyboard um, because you have purchased several or you've tested several of them. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. So you're right. I'm have... I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how this stacks up against some of the the bigger competitions, including Apple themselves with their first gen keyboard, because yeah. you don't yeah, have yeah. the new iPad Pro, so this, your iPad would work with both of these. The new one and the old one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm curious. Yeah. So I, I've been I've been uh, trying to make the iPad into more of a computer, even though Apple claims it's not a computer <laughs> for a while now. So I've got the original Folio keyboard. 
soon after I bought the iPad because um, I just wanted that experience of actually typing because the typing on the digital screen is just not the same, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're trying to write notes or something. It just doesn't work. So I needed that, a keyboard. Um, and then um, I bought another one this past Christmas, actually. It was a Christmas present to myself because <laughs> um, there was a deal during, I think, right around November, right after Black Friday. Um on the company bridge bridge makes a keyboard mm -hmm. and matt you've seen this i've shown you this in person when Isn't that bridge we could hang out in person yeah i remember that a long time ago that's long a that's bridge ago. with a y right yeah bridge with yeah. a y and they Instead made an, um a keyboard accessory that really made the ipad look like a macbook pro <laughs> um <laughs> it really did because it has that full palm rest and a keyboard attachment um, right built in so it's like, like mm -hmm. a base i don't have any more but it's like a base um and the problem i had with that one is the way if you wanted that transitioned from having the ipad in that keyboard case if you didn't want it out the whole process of removing it was a pain so you just never oh, did yeah. it so you just put it into that case and it was in there if you wanted to take it out like yeah. it wasn't as smooth as like okay now i want to transition to operating the ipad this way this is more convenient whatever i'm doing mm -hmm. it wasn't easy so you just never did it because it wasn't easy so yeah. i wasn't a big fan of that because i wanted that ability to transition because i don't want a keyboard on my ipad at all times it doesn't make sense for certain use cases if i just want to watch a youtube video yeah i don't i don't need a keyboard yeah um but the previous folio case offered me that ability where I could have a keyboard and also take it out. But taking it out was a little floppy and it wasn't uh, really seamless. And I, yeah, yeah. with the new, and, and you still have to touch the screen. So now with this new Magic Keyboard um, with the trackpad, it offers that both you can interact with it through a keyboard on all the keyboard shortcuts, but now it brings like multi-touch trackpad gestures to it. So you can th use three fingers to quickly switch between screens. You can swipe up and down throughout mm -hmm. uh, wherever you're within the interface. And they've actually built a lot of the standard Mac OS gestures that you're used to if you ever used a trackpad uh, on a MacBook to navigate between windows, a very similar uh, in terms of that, so if I was I was already used to that operating. They have operating. some. They have some of the better trackpad usage out of the OSs. Yeah. Apple really knows what it's doing with trackpads. Yeah, yeah, they really have figured it out. Um, and the whole experience of using this as a combo, really, I've been trying to get to this point while trying all these other solutions out, <laughs> and none of them worked out like this has so far. Yeah. It's only been I think three days, four days now uh, nice. since I've had it. So it's been, it hasn't been that long, but from my experience so far, I'm very satisfied. It is quite expensive, so it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, but throughout the years that I've acquired all these other keyboards, I ended up selling them, so I didn't actually end up paying that much extra. <laughs> there you go. So I made some money back, uh, yeah. which is nice. But um yeah, so the total cost didn't end up actually being that high, uh, considering when you factor in um, everything else that I tried and then yeah. got rid of. Um, 
But uh, Bridge also came out with a solution that has a built-in trackpad. But I, I waited for that too because I was like, ooh, maybe this will uh, solve mm. my issues because the previous Bridge keyboard was just a keyboard. And there was a spot for a trackpad, but it felt empty. There was nothing there. Like there was yeah. a whole space left there just for your palm to, palms to rest on, but there's no trackpad on it whatsoever. <laughs> and it was just like felt like this would be a perfect place for a trackpad. Why didn't put a trackpad? So they finally put a trackpad in there. Unfortunately, the reviews came out and everyone's like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the trackpad wasn't good. Yeah. Because it wasn't made by Apple. So I wasn't, you know, the, it's not, I, I, I was going to say it's no fault to Bridge, but it's actually it's Bridge's fault. Um, <laughs> they didn't make a good trackpad experience. Yeah. Um, and as, as soon as I saw those, like, it turned me off. I was like, I'm not even going to consider it. Mm -hmm. um and then apple announced this thing um and nice. after the reviews i really was like I, I debated for a good while i think it was two three weeks after the initial yeah, yeah. reviews came out and i was like i finally i was like i'm gonna pull the trigger mm -hmm. and I, i'm really happy that i did it really does change the way that i interact with um everything on the ipad even in the browser because right now you know ipad switched over to the full desktop browser experience right, and yeah. now with a trackpad be previously i don't know if you ever done this on the ipad when you're trying to browse a website and there's like these hover points when you, it's looking for a mouse right yeah when yeah. you hover over a drop down and then it goes and gives you more options when yep. you hover over it on a touch screen you can't really hover over it with your finger to do that i never even thought of that yeah right that's a really useful thing. Cause like, so now it yeah. the the iOS or iPadOS Safari behaves exactly like Safari on my desktop. That's really you nice. just hover over and you can interact with everything on the web through the typical ways that you would imagine interacting with on a computer. Um, if you're if the website wasn't optimized for touch, you know I'd run into these issues all the time that. Uh, you, it expects a mouse. The, yeah. the website just wasn't. Um, but now I can, you know, access whatever I want. I can swipe back and forth between pages within Safari. Uh, I can quickly go my home screen all without touching the keyboard and just interacting as I go on a multitask. I can pull up the multitask uh, areas um, and and switch to whatever app that I want fairly quickly. Mm. Uh, and all the keyboard shortcuts and they're building being built out more and more are being uh, put out um, by um, Apple and also integrated within uh, other third-party applications. A quick hot tip if you do own an iPad with a keyboard, not just the iPad Pro, but any iPad with a keyboard attached to it through Bluetooth or one of the officially supported keyboard attachments, if you hold down the command option within any app, It'll show you exactly all the built-in keyboard shortcuts within that app. So if you want a, a lifesaver, a, yeah. a quick reference of like what uh, keyboard shortcuts can I use within this app, just hold down the uh, command key and you'll see everything that's available. Uh, that's especially helpful with like the Microsoft apps mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, like I've noticed yeah, because they might they might yeah. be different than the desktop that you're used to using Microsoft Word. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, uh, Microsoft Word doesn't officially fully support the trackpad yet. They did announce that in a couple months they'll release an update. Um, um, 
but that full support is coming. It is supported technically, but it, it just emulates a finger right now. It doesn't add yeah. any extra functionality. Like I can't um, um, uh, right click, mm -hmm. right? Or anything like that. It just simulates yeah, yeah. a finger. So that's what uh, typical apps would just default to if they haven't been updated to fully support the trackpad feature. It just acts like a vir virtual finger. Uh, but once they do built-in specific support for trackpads, they can do like right two clicks with the right click and, and stuff like that mm -hmm. that you would typically do on a trackpad. But the uh, board did announce the support for it. Um, but um, yeah, overall, I'm I'm quite impressed. I'm I'm definitely gonna end up keeping this. Worth the um, price tag. <laughs> no, that's yeah, tough. See, that's tough. Okay, because yeah, it's steep. <laughs> So let's look, you look at the cost of the iPad, right? Plus the cost of the keyboard. Mm -hmm. You're at the same place as an interesting conversation. You're at the same place as a 13 inch MacBook Pro mid range. You're okay. talking about like $1,300 here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess it depends on where you're coming from then. Yeah. And, and what your use case is. Because we've had this discussion before. I don't necessarily, I have an iPad Pro. I don't necessarily know if I was in that situation, if I would make the same decision at that cost. Cause last time the, the keyboard, the, the first gen is much at a much more accessible price for the average person buying an iPad pro. And yeah. uh, especially now, now that it's reduced in price, now that it's their second, it's our first gen keyboard. Um, but yeah, it's, for someone like myself, um, we've, we've, we've talked about this all the time. I really like my function keys. They're important for, mm, yeah. it's, it's the one thing where like, I see all these really good, <laughs> this is kind of a tangent, but I see all these really good mechanical keyboards coming out and they're all 60% keyboards, which means they don't have the arrow keys. They don't have, um, the function keys. All they have is an escape the key, and the numpad and then the letters and then the shift control, whatever. Um, it's just like the core of a keyboard. And mm -hmm. it sucks because I really like those switches and they're really nice and they're very well-made keyboards and they're at very accessible prices too because mechanical keyboards, it's like never been a better time to buy one. Um, but like I can't because I won't be able to work if I use, it would be just a gaming keyboard, which doesn't make sense when I can just get a nice 10 keyless or a nice full-size keyboard and, and just kind of pay the extra money for a good set of switches that way. But when it comes to the iPad, um, this is what, this is how this ties back in. Don't worry, I didn't lose myself here. Um, <laughs> the keyboards for the iPad Pros don't have function keys, and they don't have full software support through Mac OS. So I wouldn't be able to do the things that I might want to do, which is like um, do some programming or um, like work, use it as a way to work remotely from my work computer. Um, because in my in my current job situation, some people will bring their laptops in and just remote into their desktop and and be able to float around the office a little bit more because we have desktops. Kind of gives them a little more flexibility. But I wouldn't be able to do that with an iPad and a trackpad. I would need a keyboard to bring with it to have the function keys to be able to do my job. So, if I was in the same situation as I was when I purchased my iPad Pro, I probably would have gone towards the MacBook and upgraded yeah. my existing MacBook Pro because my current MacBook Pro is a very old, a very old person from hey, 2012. Don't, sh 
it was helpful in the past. Uh, it yesterday. saved my bacon on a couple. Save, save, save yeah. your bacon yesterday specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't. It's definitely helped me out. <laughs> but so. no, so I was actually debating on actually getting rid of my iPad, and and before this, uh, keyboard thing was attached or, or was announced because I the the expectation of the new 13 inch uh, MacBook. Uh, with the new Magic Keyboard, which did actually get released, uh, was coming out. So, but when the rumors were still, it was still a rumor. It wasn't actually official. I was like, if this thing comes out, this 13-inch MacBook Pro comes out, do I? Because I, I, I like laptops. I want a laptop sort of experience. I like having a desktop, but having a laptop being that portable um, use case really does help. So I was, I was actually debating on like selling the iPad and all the keyboard accessories that I brought throughout and using that money to actually buy one of these new 13 inch MacBook Pros. Um, Cause I don't need a 16. I don't, I have a full desktop that does whatever I needed to do. I don't need that power. Um, but I just ended up keeping the keyboard or the iPad, but the cost comes out to something similar. If you wanted to get into the whole full iPad pro experience with this, dedicated keyboard the cost is similar so it all depends so the where your question you raised earlier is the price worth it depends depends and in what your expectations of what you, uh, of what you want to use this product for the ipad and the keyboard as a whole um for certain people it's never going to make sense because they need that full desktop experience like you i would argue right? most people it's not necessary yeah. Like I would argue most people an iPad with a keyboard is probably as close to a computer as like 80% of the general population would need because you're, you're going to have people are just fine with an iPad just by itself. Yeah. Um, Cause you're going to have people like myself who are software developers or engineers or um, any kind of person who needs to do any sort of creative work, like a professional um, they're going to have a gaming rig or a desktop or they're going to have an iMac or an iPad Pro or an, 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 a MacBook Pro or whatever and they're not going to need an iPad um, but for the majority of people even there is some there still is some overlap like professionals some of them could do their work on an iPad so it's just a different workflow that they would have to settle into but like to your point um, people probably should lean towards like the average person should probably lean towards the ipad pro and the keyboard over a full computer oh yeah i think i think for sure yeah or just the ipad alone by itself and if you think you need that keyboard attachment you know there's other options that you don't have to get this super expensive one and this is also the ipad pro we're talking about most people don't buy the ipad pro it's too powerful too much of an ipad for them the normal ipad the 329 dollar one will do 98 percent of what most people want to do on a tablet it's more than powerful enough you don't need an ipad pro the ipad pro is crazy like i mentioned crazy powerful more than you know it's an (laughs) overkill for uh website browsing and your facebook app uh yeah you typically would do on a a more most people would do on an ipad or watching videos or looking at photos um this is over your audio just cut um there we go is that back nope you're still out (laughs) 
I hear you now. I found a, I found a new feature within uh, Jitsi. <laughs> oh, okay. The mute button? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not the mute. I didn't know that existed. But apparently, if you press the key uh, space bar, um, it mutes you. Oh, interesting. I, I, was, I, was, I was very moving my hands, and I actually touched the space bar. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that exists. Um, <laughs> lost the train, my train of thought. Um, you'll get it, but yeah, don't worry. yeah. Um, I think I just want to close this out. I think this is a, a, a good product overall. If you, th- if you have an iPad Pro and you want a, an, a sort of an upgraded experience, a more of a computer like mm-hmm. experience, um, um, this certainly is an option for you. Um, and I would definitely consider it um look at all the reviews listen to our review um if if we sold you on it if i've sold you on it um but i'm I'm really happy with my experience so far um and i'm I'm definitely end up uh, keeping it uh for the long run um yeah and again for most people it doesn't might not make sense for an ipad use case but it really has sort of replaced a laptop for me and uh, when i went back and looked at like when i was debating that macbook pro or returning my ipad or and switching to that macbook pro i i i like the ipad experience and it's the new kind of way of computing i guess um mm-hmm. doing the crazy does forgetting what everything. a computer is <laughs> it does everything that i needed to do um yeah and gives me that whole controlled experience of like having that keyboard and trackpad integration really has been uh, implemented quite well um, within this new uh, iPadOS version. So also, overall, I'm quite happy some, with it. Yeah, something important to note also, the iPad uh, complements a desktop very well. If you have, if you have a dedicated computer already, the mm-hmm. iPad, you, I would argue you don't need a MacBook. You could just get the iPad. It complements a computer very well. Uh, being able to just do portable things on the iPad and leaving the the main horsepower to your desktop. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And then in some cases, you could even just remote into your desktop from your iPad as long as you don't have to use function keys or things like that, and it would still work fine. Because there's plenty yeah. of remote there's remote desktop software out there for iPads. So. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it the other way around and use your iPad in an ex- external display. Yeah, with, you uh, built-in macOS with Sidecar, mm-hmm. um, which I've tried and it actually works pretty well. And you have the full ma- mouse or um, pencil support as well. More importantly, um, you have that 120 hertz display on the iPad. Yeah. Actually, so that... no. Actually, oh, it's don't? locked. It's locked to 60 when you do. Yeah, really? I was quite disappointed. Maybe they'll update that. <laughs> when you when you do Sidecar, it's locked to 60. That's depressing. Uh, yeah. That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that's a good way to, to kind of wrap up that topic. Um, yeah. Just going over your thoughts and experiences on it. I don't have any new toys, so I can't really talk about anything. So there's nothing really that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, this has been great. Um, if, uh, if you guys, the listener, enjoyed this conversation, um, feel free to check us out at beardsoftech.com that is beardsoftech.com if you want to find out where you can listen to us if maybe you're using an older app that 
has Jiffy support that you don't want to use Jiffy on anymore, then you can go to beardsoftech.com slash subscribe. If you really liked our conversation and you thought maybe we should have talked about something else and you want to bring that up, you can go to beardsoftech.com slash review. The pattern here is beardsoftech.com. Uh, go to our website, check us out. We're available everywhere. So even if you don't go to the website, you can go anywhere else and leave us a review. Stitcher, um, you can go Spotify, I don't know, go wherever you want. Um, and also, we stream weekly on, or not stream, we record weekly on Sunday, usually for a release on Monday, so you guys can kind of know when we when we plan for this kind of stuff. Any changes to that will be posted on Twitter, at uh, Twitter's account, which is tech, I think. Yeah, it's just yep. periods of tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a pattern here. We got it all. So we're good. <laughs> um, Urban's been working pretty hard on our Instagram as well. Also, Beards of Tech. Um, so yeah, I got it, uh, 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 when I got this new keyboard, I was like, I plopped it on my desk and I was like, oh, that looks like a nice shot. So I got my camera out. So I posted a picture on our Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, yeah. look, uh, look us up on Instagram and, and there's a nice product shot of the keyboard on my desk is very i saw you've also uh, been doing some interesting stuff with our stories too yeah stories too so we have been uh using um uh, an app to generate sort of uh brief excerpts from our episodes and posting it on our stories and and gives us an idea of what we talk about within that episode it has nice uh voice text features so you can actually read uh what we're talking about and then you can put a uh, put a link in there so you can access our our episode uh, right there. So it's been uh, trying to play with it, trying to get, you know, exposure out there. Um, so if you like that, give us feedback. If you don't, let me know, and then we'll, we'll see what we can do uh, and change it up. Um, but I've been playing around with getting some um, bits and pieces of the episode and releasing it uh, throughout. Um, and uh, we use that same tool to actually publish our the full video version uh, of the um of the podcast on our YouTube channel. Uh, there's no video per se of our faces just yet. We're working on that, um, are getting that updated, but we're looking to bring that back as well soon. Um, but right now it's just the, the audio itself. Uh, you can listen to on YouTube uh, through that. Uh, Who'd have thought a global uh, pandemic would be a perfect opportunity to reorganize our podcast? But yeah, so uh, I was actually going to mention the YouTube because that's perfect for people who want to listen to us on a desktop as opposed to an iPad mm-hmm. Pro or even an yeah. iPad Pro. Who knows? <laughs> um, so yeah, so with that being said, uh, this has been episode 95. We're out of stuff to talk about and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>